Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I, talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C Four Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually back from her scouting trip, the wonderful Anna Forsythe, Forsythe03. Welcome back, Anna. Hello, I'm back. I've was briefly usurped by Jay, but now I'm back. Briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to point out something you said in C4 Discord about the quality of last week's show. And it was worst or sorry, most negative episode ever. And I wasn't part of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I expected, yeah, at least, yeah, myself to be on there if there was such a downbeat episode. But I guess it also checks out that it was Jay. Yeah, well, I was thinking like, I didn't like, I mean, I was there and I didn't think it was that negative, but then in retrospect, I mean, Jay was pretty set on the fact that the playoff dream was, was dead. I mean, he was pretty much, he had already called it. I I'm still, I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's a pipe dream, but I, <laughs> I still wonder, like I, when I was a kid and this is again before the internet, but I would follow along in the paper and watch, like, look at the standings every Mm -hmm. night and like magic numbers existed, but in the context of the standings, you didn't necessarily know what it was. And so I would start to extrapolate math and schedule. And until such time as they said, mathematically eliminated, you're telling me there is a chance. I feel that way about this team right now. And I can't say I felt this way about that team for a very long time. However, a lot's got to go their way. So maybe yeah. we're a little negative. 
and not I have been for the last few weeks I probably also said that the playoff dream is dead but yeah it was just funny hearing Jay's perspective but anyone who's been on discord kind of knows um Jay's opinion on this team and how it's going so maybe that shouldn't be too surprising for anyone um but yeah I mean as you say we'll get into it but a lot has to go their way Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, speaking of things going their way, I normally talk about this at the end of the show, but I thought this would be an opportunity to talk about it at the start of the show. Uh, first and foremost is that uh, we're like the we were number two in China, we're now number four for hockey podcasts. So that's phenomenal. We've dropped off the map for Angola, but how you know we perceive ourselves on various different charts and what have you matters very little. It's what you, our listeners, think about our show. And if you like our show, what can you do about it? Well, first of all, tell someone about it. Get on the social. Tell people to listen. Tell people why they should, you know, chew us out about our horrible takes or our phenomenal takes. Leave us a review somewhere. Tell people about us, you know, I don't know, with posters up on the street. Wouldn't that be cool? Do you listen to C4? You know, take a take a link. <laughs> wow, that's all <old-timey. laughs> This podcast is missing. Um, I don't know. Um, but the other thing as well is by calling the C4 text line. I mean, it has been so long since we got a voicemail or we do get text messages. Lisa, a friend of the show, Lisa was last one left us a text message. Uh, but that number is 604-200-6201. And if you're not from the country, you can go to SpeakPipe correct that's right speakpipe.fm slash c4 podcast yeah i don't i don't talk about uh speakpipe a lot um maybe i should because you're right all of our our listeners who are are having us at the top of the charts in china that might be the rudest to which they could communicate with us whereas the text or voicemail uh to a, a you know canadian, canadian number, number may not yeah. yeah um and i'm still yeah. waiting for a message from anna's mom and you know, I, I was actually looking, do you know that C4 is, is actually got a lower ranking in hockey in Great Britain than we do in Canada. We're actually higher rated in Canada on the hockey category chart than we are in, uh, in Great Britain. And that blows my mind. I get that maybe there's a confusion of hockey maybe the, the category being field hockey, ice hockey, what have you, but I wonder still. if it's a time difference thing and that like the there's more fans of other hockey teams just because us being in eight hours. Yeah. And I know that pain I've been there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that might be some truth to that. It's just, it's a substantial difference. Like we crack the top 100 in Canada regularly. And I mean, there've been times we've cracked the top 10, um, in, in great Britain, we've cracked the top 100 once, but you like, if you look at the chart, it's like this, like we're, it's weird. It's like, I don't know if you, if Anna's mom is, is getting out there and telling all our friends to listen to us because we see these peaks. Yeah. And so like, and I can't explain them. They don't correlate with episodes. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe oh. my mom's spreading the word. Yeah. Thanks Anna's mom. 
Uh, but no, if you can obviously, and want to support the show, we obviously greatly appreciate it. Um, I know we talk about, you know, things that we'd like to do to, to sort of give back that support. I think we might have some things in the works and I know I say that and it's so loose, uh, when it comes down to it, I ideate like crazy, but when it comes to execution, I have so much on the go that sometimes I then have to reprioritize. So I'll get better at ideating maybe the same, but you know, maybe not expressly say, here's what's happening unless I know I can commit to it. Right. But no, there are the irons in the fire. I think there might be a couple of exciting things Mm -hmm. um, in the off season. And we'll see how long that off season will be pretty sure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that sort of is a good segue as to what we're going to talk to about the show is that uh, in last week's episode, I had asked Jay, did the Vancouver Canucks, if they have any hope of making the playoffs, need to run the table? And his answer was yes. Well, guess what? The Canucks are currently doing their darndest to run the table. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about whether or not there is, as you would describe it, a puncher's chance at the playoffs. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about those uh, games that we watched, what's going on. Um, we'll talk about uh, the potential of an off season and what it might look like. And obviously at this time of year, we're probably going to start to look at the uh, possibility of a draft pick that may or may not be in a You're a hater, or... Chris. You're a hater. Ah, I'm, I'm a talking hater. about the draft lottery. Well, no, I just, I mean, I'm not saying lottery. I'm just saying where will the draft pick be? In a position where it can get high or in a position where it's not going to get a mm-hmm. high draft pick? That can mean a variety of different things. Um, and I don't know, like every other show, we'll probably go off the rails a bit and uh, you know, probably talk about you know Aussie rules or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know Aussie rules football at all? Like, yeah, so that's, uh, that's not at all. your visual response <laughs> that our listeners can't hear is exactly how I feel. Off the rails. Anytime I talk about Aussie rules football, AFL Canada engages me. I have to give like some serious props to the uh, AFL Aussie football, Aussie rules football league Canada account, because they do some serious work trying to educate Canadians on the sport. So further to that off the rails, I don't know the person running AFL Canada, but I do know the person that runs the AFL USA account. Like that's my friend, Brian, who lives in Philadelphia and he's a big cricket nuffy. But he also like works for AFL in the US. And, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that small world. There you go. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Let's get ourselves back on the rails and uh, wind this uh, podcast back up. Okay. So Vancouver Canucks, uh, they had come off of a, uh, well, uh, a couple of games that hadn't uh, quite gone their way mm-hmm. uh, leading into the, the last show. And when, when we recorded it, um, I think it was fair to say that the wheels had sort of come off. Yes. The Vancouver Canucks had gotten a point out of it on that Sunday before we recorded with Jay, but that was, they needed, they needed two. like they needed two outright. It seemed like the chasm was so significant that that game was sort of what put the, the, you know, final nail in the, uh, the box that was, um, potential playoff chances. So what did the Vancouver Canucks go and do? Well, they then went on a short road trip where they proceeded to get two five, one wins yeah. over the Vegas golden Knights. 
and the Arizona Coyotes. They then came back home on Saturday and played the San Jose Sharks, where in a back-and-forth game, were able to go and muscle their way to a 4-2 win. One might argue the Vancouver Canucks are chasing a dream. I'm here all night I mean, to try the chicken. Yeah, I was going to say. that's. I mean, I have 100% used that in a tweet, so I can't complain about the dad joke. But yeah, I mean, can the Canucks win at home? I guess they can, just about, but they've really struggled at home. And then they go and win their first regulation win against Vegas in Vegas. Now, I know this isn't the Vegas of 2018, but like, they're still a decent team. They have Jack Eichel back. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to make the playoffs just as much as the Canucks are. Yeah. They- well, they had um, Murr. So this is other. Uh, Murr, Shorty, Cheech, they were in Vegas. Like, this, I think, is actually, I'm not saying the first road trip, but I think it's like their first stateside road trip as a crew. Um, yeah, possibly. Right. I mean, but Murph interviewed, uh, I think it was the beat writer or it might've been maybe a, the color analyst for the, the golden Knights. And it said like, Hey, season has gone so well. Owner likes to win while they make changes. And he had said, Oh no. When you look at what the, this team has done with all the, the man games lost to COVID and injury and all of that, I think they're happy with their performance, which is interesting because one might argue that's why the Canucks were the Canucks of the past because of, uh, man games lost to COVID and, and injury. I just feel that the Vegas Golden Knights are still fundamentally a, a better team with a, a brighter future uh, than, sure. than Vancouver happens to me. Um, but I would not have been the guy that would have told you Vancouver was going to go down to Vegas and win 5-1. No. Like Ve- Vegas had turned it around, arguably. I will say I didn't catch that interview because um, I was watching the game in the pint with a whole mm. mess of hockey Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone um, on hockey Twitter, Justin McElroy, um, but not me. Not you. I would say it would be a push to call everyone on hockey Twitter, but there was a little group and it was fun. Um, Justin Justin McElroy definitely seemed bewildered. I think he came across us by accident and. Oh, really? I, cause he, he, I saw his tweet and I sort of presumed, cause he lives, I mean, he lives nearby um, Mm -hmm. himself. So I I just, I actually presumed he went to the event and, and was sort of having a. No, I think he was ambushed. Oh, well. I mean, he looks he's scared. A, he's a he's a good guy. He I is mean, a good guy. He's stayed know, and chatted for a long time. Um, I didn't really speak to him, but he chatted with a few people, and but he did look a little bit scared. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Anyway, just going back to that intermission interview. So, are we to believe that Vegas are happy if they don't make the playoffs, even though they traded for Jack Eichel? had to put Mark Stone on IR to get Eichel healthy, like, and on the roster. I, so. I'm not going to start rant here. I'm just saying, like, they moved heaven and earth to, like, make things work down there. Well, no, I mean, the reason I, I, I sort of perked up when I was listening to it was that here you have someone sort of describing, like, a team that is arguably, you know, during the season, a playoff contender who was in, in the driver's seat, suddenly saw the wheels fly off. Things just weren't going their way. Like 
Can you remember when people started laughing about the Vancouver Canucks catching up to Vegas? Like during when Bruce had come in and we saw that bounce, like mm-hmm. who cares about the wild card? Vancouver's taking Vegas's spot in the standings. And that was when Vegas was up there in the Pacific. Well, you know, fast forward to where we are here, yeah. Vancouver's still looking up. Vegas has fallen. And, you know, I I don't think they they as an organization would view this as a successful season. I can't suggest there will be changes, but it occurs to me that in the small glimpse that we've seen of this team, they like winning. Mm -hmm. They've never had a season where they did not win. And as much as we will go and talk about the family liking playoff revenue here, I'm pretty darn positive that that's the other piece of the puzzle they're not going to like to miss out on. If there's one thing I know about Vegas in general, Vegas likes money and they don't like giving it away. Yeah. I mean, playoffs are huge for Vegas. It's such a tourist town. So um, like the tourist market of bringing money in is huge. But also if we're looking purely from the hockey up side of things, while Canucks are making their playoff push, they've won five in regulation of their last 10. Vegas have won seven. Like they've gone seven, three and oh, like, Vegas want to make the playoffs. I mean, I can't believe we spent this long talking about one intermission interview, but <laughs> I think Vegas are pushing pretty hard to make the playoffs too. Yeah. I mean, and again, just on that note with Vegas and, and sort of being a playoff team, like their roster going into next season is an interesting one. Like they are in, they are in cap trouble right now. They're using the quirks of the cap to make things work with that. And still on the roster who, Apparently got, you know, I don't know, a fire lit under him, but he's trying to prove a point ever since the trade that didn't happen. Uh, he has been one of their better players. But yeah, just looking at Vegas here, all of the contracts that are currently on the books, only one of them disappears. That's uh, Matthias Janmark, his $2 million disappears at the end of the season. There are a few restricted free agents on the team, but none of those restricted free agents are making anywhere near yeah. enough money to, to have an impact. Um, now, LTIR, you've got Riley Smith who's going to come off the books. His $5 million is is gone, but he's in LTIR right now. So really, yeah, you know, he's not part of the problem in a way. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think Vegas is a, they needed to make the playoffs. And if they don't, they've got some seriously tough decisions that they're going to have to make that's not going to make them a better team necessarily. Yeah, I mean, that's the the issue. Like, Tampa Bay are the kind of team that can take away one of their superstars. Who are, and then bring one off of the LTIR in the playoffs. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> you can take away a superstar, put him on the shelf until the playoffs. You know you're going to get there. Yeah. Vegas are at the point where they're struggling to get there and they're not able to reactivate Mark Stone to help them. Yeah. Anywho, the point, though, that you had mentioned earlier is Vegas's record recently is slightly better than the Vancouver Canucks right now over the same period of time. And that, that doesn't help the Canucks. They need the teams ahead of them to falter. Winnipeg maybe hasn't done what Winnipeg needs to do. Um, and, you know, the Vancouver Canucks actually have a game in hand on, on the Jets. So if 
you know, push were to come to shove and the Canucks find themselves to catch up with the win, they leapfrog. But the problem is they then are still behind Vegas. They still need to catch up to Vegas. Uh-huh. You've got Dallas and Nashville that are within reach. But when Jay and I were sort of looking ahead at those schedules, those teams don't have the same sort of caliber of competition that Vancouver is going to be up against. And now looking at how, you know, I had said, is it possible that Vancouver finds its way into the Pacific? LA might actually be the team to catch because they are the one who's had a rough go. They've lost their last three as of recording, but the Canucks still need more of that to happen. So, and they need less of Vegas winning like Edmonton and Calgary are out of, out of reach now. Totally. Um, let's not forget that we do have a Vegas game left to go. Well, and you know, this is the thing is here. This is the part that, 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 that I think frustrates me is that I'm trying to like, here I am. I'm trying to be positive. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Maybe my negativity was unproven, but then how do I, we go and look ahead at the, the game essentially tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to our show where they do take on the golden Knights at home is Vegas going to potentially come in and not give it a, a solid effort. I don't think that's the case. I think Vegas is coming in to win and they want those points. They don't want to give the Canucks anything. No, but you do wonder if it's all almost all decided by tomorrow night or tonight, right? If, well, if the, if Vegas win, okay. In a scenario where Vegas wins on Tuesday night, Mm -hmm. they have, they would have six points on the Canucks. Yeah. Especially I mean, if there's okay. no egg, loser point there, then Canucks have to win, realistically win all eight. And I'd say half of them are very okay. winnable games only. Yeah, I mean, they, are, they should beat the Coyotes. Dallas will be a, a fight. They should beat the Senators. Minnesota will be a fight. Calgary and Edmonton. Like the, the Edmonton game at the end of the season, could you imagine if it comes down to that? Yeah. Because you have this weird scenario where Edmonton will be in sort of playoff mode. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we've got three games at the end against Calgary, LA, and Edmonton. And you just wonder, like, how invested those teams will be. Well, so this Especially is. Especially in getting into a physical contest. If LA continues to falter. That's true. Right? This, like, this, this is, this is a, this is a really weird, weird thing that could occur because if if la continues to falter and vegas and vancouver continue to produce you now have a like you have a spot in the pacific potentially up for grabs I, I, hmm. i'm actually going to be at that la game with my parents so that could be a rather oh. big one well with well, my okay. dad and stepmom um, i hope it is yeah especially as they have no clue about hockey i'll have to explain <laughs> to them why it's really important well, I think I've, I've talked about a game I went to on the show with my dad. It was my dad, my brother, sister, and I. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad had, like, this was back in the day when the Vancouver Canucks, like, getting tickets wasn't hard. And so they were doing these big promos where you could buy, buy like, ice packs through employee purchase plans. And they were Great. extremely discounted. And so my dad bought four seats for, like, it was, like, six games. And it was, like, a just an, a mashup. Right. Nothing. Completely random, yeah. Yeah, completely random, and most of them were like Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, like midweek, because I think those are 
typically tougher games to to sell. Mm-hmm. He had tickets to this game against LA, and I want to say it was like the second to last game of the season. Like it was that late. Wow. And yeah. it happened to be that if the Canucks win, they make the playoffs. The building was I had like I honestly would compare the sound and noise an hour before puck drop. Like literally, Vancouver fans don't get to their seats early. No. This night they did. Um, In the sound and the atmosphere was equivalent to the experience they had when the Canucks beat Dallas in quadruple overtime. Wow. Like it was that much energy. And so Mm -hmm. having had that experience with my family, I hope that's the experience your family has. And this could be a possibility, right? Yeah, I mean, off the rails quite briefly, but me and my dad do have a habit of going to crazy games like that. We, um, So even though I grew up an Arsenal fan, I lived most of my life closest to Brentford, who is now a Premier League team. But at the time, it was not. They were a championship team, and we went to go and see them, and that was the first time I saw them live, which is kind of crazy. Um, but it was the last game of the season, and basically they needed to win to get into the playoffs in order to get into the Premier League. Um, They needed to win, but also some other results need to go their way. And there's everyone Mm -hmm. trying to follow on the terrible 3G network. But the results ended up going their way. Brentford won. There was a pitch invasion. It was very exciting. Were you invading the pitch? (laughs) No, we were not. We were well behaved. Uh, Yeah, I will neither confirm or deny that I might have invaded the the pitch after the BC Lions won a Grey Cup, but <laughs> anyhow, um, back on the rails here. Looking ahead, so here we have as, again, as we said, three straight wins. The Canucks have have won three games. They've given no points away. They play Vegas this week. They play the Coyotes this week, and uh, well, I don't know when we're going to record for the 18th because. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to record an early show. Are you going to go? You're at the game on the 19th, right? Mm -hmm. That's the one. Yeah. But it could be like, could you imagine when we come back in a week's time and the Canucks had strung together three more wins or maybe two wins and looking for I mean, I can imagine it, but yeah. Is that that far-fetched to consider? It's a little far-fetched, but it's not impossible. I mean, we have now beaten in Vegas. The statue has been toppled. Good happen. Yeah, it, it's 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 a weird weird place we're in. Yeah, there's. It, I mean, it, it's uh, three huge games. That's for sure. Um, you gotta think that Arizona are on the golf course by this point. Well. Uh... They've been on the golf course all season. They're they're just getting they're getting you know themselves warmed up to play in front of five thousand people next year. Yeah, I mean, like that's something for Kraken fans to cling on to. That like they've arguably had a better first season with like some really I don't want to say low level players, but you know, like some expansion level players, like some properly expansion level players and they've arguably had a better season than Arizona. Sure. But I'm actually, I was thinking about this. How did we and many others get it so wrong with Seattle? Like, I don't think anyone envisioned them as having a rough season as they have. Now they've had some injury troubles. Like, I mean, it does not help them when someone like Brandon Tanov is, is 
Yeah, done. I I think a lot of people kind of wrote the season off after that. No, but like even prior to that though, they had like they did not see the production that we had seen from more recent expansion, <laughs> you know, teams. And I, I like even even I'm like I I viewed the Seattle Kraken as a potential competitor for a playoff spot. Like when we were looking at the Vancouver Canucks as a playoffs team. You know, because I, there was mm-hmm. no other alternative with what, you know, the previous uh, front office had done. It's like, how do they get past Seattle? Turns out pretty easily. Yeah. And I, you know what? Um, this is the other scenario. Could you imagine that the Vancouver Canucks, they're fighting for their playoff lives. And on the 26th of the month, the Seattle Kraken come to, to town. Seattle? And it could like it like if you're the Kraken, you want you're you're already thinking about how can you go in and maybe get some the rivalry growing right and and potentially wreck the playoff chances of another team. I mean, again, I I want the Canucks to have mean those that final week of the season. If the Canucks are playing hockey that matters, I I think you have to be happy. Yeah, I mean. That's the thing. We only get disappointed because we get close to something. Like, it hurt so much to be out of the bubble. But also, it was crazy that we made it to the playoffs that year. Right? And I think this is, like, in retrospect, and we'll have plenty of time in the offseason to look back, the way the season went at the beginning, I mean when when all the changes happened and Bruce came in before the streak i even the most optimistic fan was probably struggling to see how this team was going to to succeed and uh, then the sorry. streak reinvigorated uh-huh. and despite challenges which they have had more recently they're still kind of in it and i know Last week, Jay and I had sort of come to the conclusion, and there's many others who, Chris, you're smoking, lay it off of it. <laughs> I'm kind of liking the, the, the feeling. I just, I want hockey that matters late into the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, And honestly, like, as brutal as the first couple months of the season were, aren't you so grateful for it? Because... It kind well, of, got the change. Yeah, it hit rock bottom, and that's why we are like in a better place now. And also, yeah, like one, it's really exciting to be playing hockey that matters in March and April. Um, and you just hope that it doesn't skew the perspective too much. Like, mm-hmm. if Canucks just miss out on the playoffs or get bounced in the first round, like that should show you like. We're not quite there yet. Let's maybe trade a huge piece that we have in JT Miller, who's part of the reason we are playing hockey that matters, like a huge part. Well, but that did you read the article? The Alvin article with PJ. Um, I or, yeah, I I read the pricey. Yeah, I mean, so we're we're I mean, Alvin essentially says, you know, we're we're not a playoff team. We do not have a superstar. Now he may have done that deliberately. Yeah, and I don't think we should be too worried about saying that. And if it fires up JT or PD, that's fine too. But I think if if that was sent with with meaning, not only as in I want to light a fire, but I also want to mean what I say. Mm-hmm. 
I am more comfortable with the front office viewing the team that way because when he says that, the team actually had a better opportunity in front of them of that playoff shot than they do, you know, or had before, like they do today. So I just, I, I, I do worry because if this team were to not make the playoffs, they're so close and it's like, oh, we're so close. We're almost there. We just need to tinker. We just had eight years of tinkering. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can tolerate more like, you know, don't SSDD this man. SSDD. Same something different. Oh, okay. Day. Gotcha. Double S double D, whatever you want to say. SSDD. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you're bang on that. Like how many seasons of those eight were, or whatever was Jim Benning doing just enough to save his job. I th- oh, actually, I think it was last. I I honestly think he only did enough to save his job la- this last off season. I don't think he saved his job any other year, unless it's whatever he was saying. It wasn't what he was doing. It was more of what he was saying to ownership. I honestly you cannot. Don't think his job was in danger before then. If it if it was, it was not by action. Like like, what did Jim Benning do to say I should keep this job for as long as I did? Like. You know, we, we, when we had Yerke on and, you know, he, he brought up that point and it was one that I think we've touched on the darkest era of the Vancouver Canucks was the Jim Benning era. No other regime and, and, and front office has ever had that level of mediocrity. Right. And and even if you're positive, say, but no, they was building a core that Mike Gillis left empty. Mike Gillis left a cupboard empty. Sure. Do you know how many other GMs prior to Mike Gillis left a cupboard empty? No one had that significant amount of time in front of them to go in and rebuild a team. And there's no way that Mike Gillis left like, like the organization wasn't completely bereft. No, it wasn't. And it was, had just come off of two president trophy wins. Yeah. Anyhow, sorry, I'm getting wound up. No, no. I, I think what I'm meaning to say, I'm not trying to be positive here and that Jim Benning was like making these job saving moves. What I'm saying is he made a series of bad short term bets that he thought would pay off in the short term and he wasn't too concerned about how well, it might damage the organization long term. Rewind to you and I talking about the OEL trade and how it's like Jim's betting on today because he don't care about what the next GM is going to have to do to get themselves out of that. Because that was the goal. This is what saves my job or it doesn't matter. I'm not suggesting that's his mindset. And Tucker Pullman, who honestly, the only reason he hasn't done more damage to this team is because he's been injured Mm -hmm. for a lot of the season. And... But now he's back and that $2.5 million a year is weighing pretty heavy. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, they're no chasing. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, he's I'm, having a mini resurgence. I'm not going to lie. And I think, you know what, like chasing, I should not poke fun. We talk about Jags on, on our podcast, almost every episode. Chasing is a Jag getting Jag money mm-hmm. coming off a of PTO. Yeah. You can argue that he's taking time away from a, a pod Colson or Hoglander or any prospect you might feel that you can insert. But a good team needs chasens. The problem, as we have stressed, is this team has too many chasens. Right. Because, you know, maybe in the and last... Some of them make significantly more than chasens. Exactly. Uh, maybe in the last couple, like, couple of weeks to month, 
he's kind of earned his spot on the playing roster and I'm not really talking about his money because I think do a halfway decent job and you earn your three quarters of a million like it's cheap it's fine but mm-hmm. c- compared to the ice time and the like play, like honestly just amount of time he got started when he should have maybe been scratched like I would say he was not earning that um no and but that's where you it's not his fault that's no I I agree but you know it's still a problem um, it is with the team I don't think deleting chase under the lineup solves the problem another quote unquote chase and takes that spot like I think that's where there's there are people out there that say oh he is stopping let's say Hoaglander from getting those minutes you know yeah, what and that, sorry go that's ahead. not true I was gonna say that, that's not true because if you take Chasen out of the picture the coach is going to put in another yeah Bruce Jag- Boudreau is stopping Hoaglander <laughs> and Pogles and getting those minutes not Alex Chasen yeah. but I'm just saying that's still a problem yeah like he's been decent the last month but before that yeah like he didn't really earn his spot on the ice but was he was he hurting the team no he was hurting Pockles in development and Hoglan's sure but i mean but that's this is the, this sort of goes to that point is that that yeah and i don't want to put too whole, much on alex chase here yeah, the, that's not a player issue. That is the person who chooses the personnel and the players that and are going to. Bruce Boudreaux is like an old school coach who gets a lot of players, but like doesn't have a ton of patience for young players making mistakes, and he's trying to make the playoffs. So with a team yeah. that was so far behind the eight ball, so um, that's not necessarily a huge concern Yolo. either. But yeah, yeah. Anywho. Um, It'll be interesting when you and I get together next week, record a show probably before the Dallas stars game where the Vancouver Canucks, I think if, if they don't, if they have reached the point where they cannot lose, yes, they maybe can, but I would much rather the Canucks continue to win and put themselves in a position that they're then adding, like they're adding pressure to the teams that they're fighting against. And right now that is not the case. Yes. The Canucks are winning, but when you have a team like Vegas, who is equally getting some points um, and you're having to count on so much more going your way. I think next week we'll be able to call it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And we're going to take us a short break. You're listening to the C4 Canucks hockey podcast brought to you by the full press coverage network and Canucks hockey With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
take hitting out of the game. You Un- can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? Did that Because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Pettersson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He can play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And, yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. Is it too early to start talking about the draft? You gave me a heck earlier when I had mentioned it, even though you're the one who wrote the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just teasing you and being a wind up merchant. A wind up merchant. Mm-hmm. This, this would be the point where Matt would be like, what is that? Yeah. He played the sting that says you sound like you're from London. You sound like you're from London. But I think it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Like, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I get it. Staying, I know what it is. Prodding just for the sake of it. Yeah. I think, uh, the kids, uh, call them trolls. Yeah. That would be so. accurate. But you, you were far more sophisticated mm. to, <laughs> to denigrate <laughs> your vocabulary with the word troll when you can use wind up merchant. I suppose merchant is quite a good word. Yeah. So. Let me ask you this before we start talking about potential draft position. The Vancouver Canucks make the playoffs. Are you upset because that, like that, that that's a good way to sort out your draft position? Get run in the first round three games? No, not particularly. I'm more upset if we miss it by like two spots or something like that, which is probably the more likely scenario, but. I also think we're kind of set up that way and we're not going to lose too much in draft spot. Like by like, I think we're going to finish middle of the pack, whatever happens. Right. So I don't think the, uh, when you get down to that stage that the lottery odds change a huge amount Mm -hmm. um, between like um, 17th and 18th, 19th pretty bad odds when you're down there and I don't think it changes a huge amount. So you kind of might as well go for it. It makes it more fun and anyway. But like if you were harsh you might say the writing was on the wall like months ago about what kind of team this is. Yeah, like so I was giving it some thought over the course of the day after you had sort of put the show notes together and my feeling I'm of the opinion that at this point, I don't really care where the Canucks finish in the, in the draft order. Cause you're right. I mean, they're, they're like people who dream of the Vancouver Canucks are going to win a draft lottery. I'm a Vancouver Canucks fan. that's so jaded. It's never going to occur. It just like there is. It's it's funnier to see that the Vancouver Canucks are one of the fewer teams that have consistently went in a, in a position to have a high pick, have been a team that has dropped, right? Like, yeah, you know, like it just that's kind of doesn't more likely going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think what matters to me at this moment, especially with where the season was and what sort of transpired, as I've earlier said, if the Canucks are in hockey that matters in the final two weeks of the season, 
And I'm not talking about hockey that matters because math has not yet determined the improbability as being not a possibility. I'm okay with the hockey that matters and missing like by a, like a spot or two. Like it doesn't, there's no difference in my mind there. I will say that um, the draft lottery has happened in and around my birthday pretty often. And I will say the NHL rarely gets me a present. So (laughs) yeah, I'm kind of used to that disappointing moment. Remember when they made us wait like an entire period of the Vegas playoff game? (laughs) We're so mad about that. Yeah, I, well, okay. I understand that they're trying to produce good value and create an entertaining product, but like to have the whole, we're going to go and do it at the slow roll. Just throw a graphic up on the screen and let me know. I mean, that someone's going to leak the graphic anyway. Many of your, your partners like Sportsnet will have queued the graphic up and someone's going to tweet it out. So like now you're just, it's more of a joke that you're taking so long to tell us what we already all know. Um, the, if they want to make the draft lottery entertaining, they should let the mascots go. It's only because the NHL are under the impression that they're a very serious league that they don't, and they make people oh. like Trevor Linden sit there really awkwardly. Oh God. Trevor looks so awkward, but they all do like they're literally on these weird no, stools. I know, but like, like they're on a really low budget dating show. True. I mean, I actually half expect that. Um, oh God. What's his name? Michael Bolton is going to be playing the piano. Like, it's that dating show remake that's currently on the air. I don't exactly know what Michael Bolton's role is outside of the guy that makes odd quips about music and sings some like improv song based on something someone said. That's what the NHL needs. They need more Michael Bolton. Well, it does look a lot like there was a show in the UK called Blind Date. And I believe there's Mm. some pretty similar ones in US and Canada where they have like the person asking the question and then a screen yeah, and that, then and that's that's what this is. I okay. can't remember the name of it, but that's that's the concept. It I don't watch it. It just happened to be on like yeah, sure. a channel. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but anyhow, Michael Bolton like I actually asked my wife, like, what's Michael Bolton doing? There's actually another and completely off the rails here, but there's another reality show. This is it's a music one that's okay. got Snoop and Gosh, who is it? It's like America's Greatest Singer, and it's hosted so by Snoop and, 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 they have. And, and someone else. And Michael Bolton is on it. Like Michael Bolton is on all of these reality shows, and I don't. Maybe he quite has a really good why. agent. Maybe. I mean, at least someone like Josh Groban, who seems to be you know in all these different spaces. He's there. He sings one of his own songs as it relates to whatever it happens to be. And off he goes. The Michael Bolton bit is weird. I mean, I love Josh Groban. He used to do quite a few UK like comedy, like panel shows and stuff back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he's very witty. I enjoy him. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Back on the rails here. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was actually... You know, again, also considering about if we have the Vancouver Canucks are going to draft, this will be one of this will be a big draft for the front office. I would much rather see what they might be able to do to manufacture more opportunities to pick 
than actual the pick itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, Like, maybe we're being overly hopeful, but, like, you've got to think that we're in a better position with our front office as it is to make some wheeling and dealing and sort of make our picks count whichever way that is, right? Like, mm-hmm. whether it's, um, like, beefing up some picks um, by trading others and some assets. But I know that Olveen, like, whether that's Jim Rutherford's mouthpiece or not, like, he wants to get younger and they need to create some draft capital, whether that's through accumulating picks this year or, like, further down the road. But, yeah. That's huge, I know, for the team. And he has been, like, everything he's been saying so far is we need to build our system and build through our system. And he referenced, like, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have arguably been able to go in and grow from within to supplement their superstar lineup. I think many teams have found success being able to do this. It's not to suggest that Jim Benning and his crew weren't trying to do the same thing. But what they said and what they did yeah. were not the same. We're going to go and build through the system and let's go and get a bunch of Jags. Yeah, exactly. Pittsburgh, particularly Vegas also back in 2018, they had the depth all throughout the lineup. Like I shouldn't know the name Brian Rust because he's like a full signer in the Eastern Conference. But like he is created like he's created so much value there's so many people that you know because they're part of that pittsburgh powerhouse team um well and and vegas the same like alex these fourth fourth third and fourth line players can conceivably find their way into a first or second line in vancouver and that's not to suggest that they're first or second line players it's that the depth that exists there is so sufficient that it can then elevate, just elevate a roster at the top half of a roster elsewhere. Like I, I just, I want yeah. Vancouver to have that problem. Exactly. Yeah. You want to be like, how can we make all our effective players on one roster? Like, how can we do that? Who do we scratch? Like that should be Would, a real, wouldn't issue. it be nice if Vancouver could be like Tampa Bay. We have too many elite players on our team. So we're going to manipulate the cap Yeah. to make this happen. I have no problem if that's Vancouver's issue. My issue is that Vancouver is like, I don't know how to fit these non-elite players on our roster because we have no room with the cap. That's a problem. Yeah, that's exactly right. But you know we're going to be, Vancouver's going to be in that position once they, and then they close, close that loophole. Oh, well, Vancouver, the moment they close the loophole, Vancouver will be the team that'll get punished. That's, I've just come to realize this. The sky is blue. And, Vancouver yeah. get cap penalties. Yeah. Um, the other component to this though, and this, you know, we haven't, we've not really touched on, I mean, yes, we have, cause I had asked you, is the playoffs worth? And you said, nah, I don't, I'm not entirely sure if it's that sort of, we just missed it. Oh, well, too bad. But I think you had aptly said, you know, is, is making the playoffs just to get the, you would put three games of free money. You're actually much more optimistic than I would. Cause if the Vancouver Canucks come in on the eight spot, they're facing a team that's going to just mop the floor i mean that's also possible i was just that was more me indicating that they would get the three home games but obviously Mm -hmm. they could be out of the way before that 
three yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, we shouldn't be so negative, Anna. But I mean, playoff revenue matters very little to me. And I actually, I'll be honest. Yeah, why would it? if making if making the playoffs puts the thought in that this team is a playoff contender moving forward in anyone's mind? I would be upset that the team made the playoffs. Like I am the yeah, guy. Totally I fair. will go back and I will eat crow and say when I saw the bubble team that I had suggested maybe this team is a lot of, had a lot further on its schedule than anyone had expected. And this is despite me being the guys like they only made it in because the pandemic happened mm-hmm. and once you're in the bubble anything can happen. Like that that was the spark. I don't want to go through that again. No, um, it's funny that we did say that pandemic shortened season that they were a bubble team that would just was just going to miss out on the playoffs. We didn't realize what the new meaning of bubble team would be at that stage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I'm 100% with you. If the Canucks make the playoffs, get wiped in the first round, however that happens, and then they decide... We're so close. Let's sign JT Miller to another huge contract. Well, that okay. would be upsetting. They may do, they may do that whether or not they make the playoffs. I agree. I just if that's the like, you know, the last yeah, thing no, that if, if that's the if that's the reason, yeah, the logic that's provided because that see this goes back to what we heard from the previous regime. Here's what we're gonna do, and here's what we're gonna say, but we're gonna we're actually gonna do something entirely different and tell you. It's entirely different. Like if I hear day to day as no, I, as a leadership I, I, I phrase, we'd scream. I'll I, I will lose my mind. I will go out and I will become a Boston Bruins fan. Wow, that's that's how troublesome that phrase could be to me. Call me a fake fan all you want. I do not care. I get to choose who I get to cheer for. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could ever cheer for the Bruins. No, sorry. you couldn't. Just ick, yeah. but. Oh, anywho. Um, and any other thing that uh, I wanted to, to get your thoughts on Bruce, I asked Jay this like, Hey Jay, why is it that Bruce Boudreaux is still sort of left in the wind? And, And Jay's response was that if you look at Bruce Boudreaux as a coach, he's the coach that gets you to the playoffs, not the coach that looks to develop your young roster, which is fair. Right. And I, yeah, I think that's fair. And if you were to look at like a Travis green, you know, I think Travis green was brought in at least from many of our perspectives as the coach that's going to develop a young roster. But then as it looked apparent, and this might have been something to do with the directive from the front office, they were a playoff team and he was a coach who was going to get them to the playoffs. And so it was like, yeah, not the coach that's going to do that. It's hard to blame Travis green for like, there's some issues for sure. Um, about lack of development of young players under Travis, but it's hard to really blame him totally for that, given what was happening above him. But if, if let's say this team is looking to develop a younger roster, is Bruce your guy? It's hard to say. I mean, I was listening to PJ on Canucks conversation, I believe. And he said, one, there's no guarantee if Canucks invoke that option that Bruce takes it. Like mm-hmm, he true. might get a more secure offer somewhere else. Um, he's an older dude. Like maybe he wants a little more security. Um, I will say, I think he's shown enough 
to be given that extra option. And I'd like to see what he can do with, like, when the this new front office kind of has more flexibility under them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you need to, like, clean slate it completely to start next season. But um, he's a players coach, right? Like, that's... He's hard, he's hard, he's tough, but, like... He does. He's not John Tortorella, like the same. What are you player. talking about? I mean, Torts, people love Torts, Torts was totally a Torts was totally a players' coach. There are players who would go to war for Torts. I know. Like, the problem is there was just as many players who would go to war to get rid of Torts. Yeah, but it's interesting, like the stuff that comes out, right? Like, honestly, like after Hamnick left, like how many players were pleased about that oh what like i mean we yeah we've talked about this and and like yeah when you've when you've got like uh former players out of the organization that he has been sent to openly saying what are you doing there yeah it's it's one thing for us to go and say like oh yeah this is what because this is you know green tinted glasses here but yeah, there is some interesting, interesting, you know, smoke yeah. to be observed over the hills there. My point is that, like, we won't fully know what the players think, like, about Bruce, because hockey players are boring at the best of times. They're never going to, you know, come out and say, like, actually, I don't enjoy the way he coaches. Oh, God. Could you imagine if that was the case, if a player actually did that? Yeah. Even in the off season, even after, like, yeah, it just wouldn't happen. Um, no, but if it, it but like art, like, let's say it did that player would be like tarred. They would be, you know, feathered. Um, they would, they'd probably be quartered in the dressing room. Um, they'd never start. They'd probably get traded. Um, not to mention like, what the old boys hockey media would say. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a problem that we've beat. Many yeah. Times and honestly, it probably will come up again in short order but what do you think what like if you were the canucks do you offer bruce the extra year okay so i agree with you bruce can, bruce has earned the job bruce has earned the offer i think the team should give it to him now if they don't give him this offer and they choose to go in a different direction i am okay with that to a certain point so like one of the names that's been out there as a coach that needs to be brought, that could be pen, not needs to be brought in, but could potentially be brought in as a Bruce Boudreau uh, replacement is Claude Julian. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you keep Bruce. Yeah, me too. Right. I mean, it, I, I, I am, I am at this point where if the Vancouver Canucks wanted to go off board and, and, and bring in, uh, either a young coach or a coach that isn't grown up within the confines of the culture, the the old boys club that we see in the NHL, I would be okay with it. I understand it's a high risk. Like, I mean, people here who would be listening to the show and me saying going off the board may immediately go and say, well, look at Willie and what happened there. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, maybe the Willie Desjardins, you know, experience didn't work out. Or going further back, Tom Rennie. But these are coaches that are coming from within the existing system. Yeah, I I would prefer when I say off the board, I'm talking about look abroad, look for for someone who might be able to come in and and do something different. 
speaking just very briefly off the rails, speaking of Willie, did you know that um Jason Bagner was in San Jose? I sure didn't. No. I didn't even no, know that I did not. Landon Ferraro was in San Jose either. Well, I didn't know that, but I know Landon Landon's bounced around a bit. Um as of late. Um yeah. Darlene was down there. Yeah. I mean, um honestly, I'm happy to see Ferraro anywhere that isn't Boston so I can actually cheer for him because like, you know, Ray's a favorite here, so I kind of like see Ferraro Landon do well. There's a there's a a familial connection. Maybe he's a Canuck next season. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, not saying, just saying, saying, not saying. Yeah, but like league minimum, just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. <laughs> Chase on um, replacement. <laughs> Brad yeah, Richardson yeah, replacement. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm. I, I, I'm more leaning. I think Bruce should come back. I mean, and uh, if the team holds the option, I was just thinking like when, well, how can Bruce say no? Well, he could quit. Yeah. I mean, anyone can say no. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, ultimately he says no to an option. He yeah. leaves with zero. Whereas if the team says we don't want you back, there's a buyout condition. He gets paid to go away. So I mean, how much is that worth it to you? And to your point, yeah, maybe you want some security or a different situation or has a, another opportunity or maybe he's reached this point where he's like in my career i don't need the trouble what yeah. of that comes with coaching the vancouver canucks well it comes with moving. no like if, if but think if he comes back on a, if they simply bring him back on the option mm-hmm. there's there's no security beyond oh, what's that. That's, yeah. that's almost right? like I another trial yeah and like i'd be like man i didn't do enough the first time around i mean to commit to me is it he makes the playoffs and he's back? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe who knows? I think he's probably back. Yeah, I. If he wants to be, I think what I'm saying is I think Canucks will try to would be keen yeah. on him back. Yeah. Anywho, I, I don't fault the team for having the option. I don't fault the the contract situation. I don't fault waiting until the end of the season. You don't need to rush into this see what happens do a proper evaluation look at a big picture and that picture is more than next day or two right and to be fair to the front office on all of these things that we're bringing out jt miller um we haven't talked about brock Besser. we might um as the season winds down um all of these things we have opinions. We have strong opinions because we've had eight years of Jim Benning. They're in the assessment phase. They're like deep diving into this and figuring out just what this team can be going forward. So, you know, we'll try and be a bit patient for them figuring yeah. that out. Patient. Well, I mean, if you haven't been patient over the last how many ever years of Benning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what's another, you know, month or two oh <laughs> uh, anywho uh we'll be back again next week obviously we'll be talking about whatever the heck is going on in the world of the vancouver canucks are they still in the hunt are they playing hockey that matters did the wheels finally fall off completely um where is anna sitting for the game on tuesday all of that jazz um but yeah it's good to have you back in the saddle here uh, having come back from your scouting trip doing whatever it was you told me you were doing that i totally forgot what you were doing like it registered to me. I knew you would not be here, but I cannot for the life of me remember what you had told me it was. Well, it's so. funny that you made the joke about it being a scouting trip. I mean, I w- 
didn't I just went downtown I went to a concert but I did very recently a week ago go to Abbotsford to see the well, baby no, Canucks I, so that was kind so of this a is the thing, trip it was but that was not the reason that you missed the show no, it wasn't. like that was that was the thing it's like what was it oh my goodness I, I know it's not this because that trip. was this weekend yeah yeah anyhow you are our uh Abby Canucks uh uh, expert here every podcast seems to have have one and you're it yeah i mean i've watched a lot more games than i thought i would i've enjoyed watching yeah. them and hey if canucks if the adult canucks don't make the playoffs the baby canucks there's are no in- adult canucks on the baby team you got it okay I see yeah. the baby canucks have already made it like colder cup run here we come like if they win in their first season like that's huge so on the note, um, you know how on Facebook, if if someone that is friends with you comments on something and the algorithm determines yeah. that it's a close enough interest, let's show you that one comment out of the thousand on the post. Yeah. A like the best man at my wedding, he actually commented on a post about the Abbotsford Canucks and their performance, and mm. he had commented in such a way that leads me to believe he has been paying much closer attention to the team than I have, and that kind of blew my mind because I've never viewed him as one who would follow the A. NHL maybe, but not the A. So does he live out there or no, no. he lives in Richmond. Yeah. He's another Chris. Chris was I a mean, very popular yeah, in the eighties year I was born. Right, yeah. There, you were so there was, Chris there was or Ryan, right? Seemed to be, yeah. That's actually one of my way, way back friends in Vancouver. I knew him as Ryan, but his name was Christopher Ryan. There you go. And the only reason that he went by Ryan is his dad's name is Christopher too. I find that bizarre, by the way, when people do that. Anyhow. Not the name switching thing, the naming your kid after after you. Like at least skip one generation. Well, I can't explain it. Yeah. My daughter is not named after (laughs) me or my wife, so. Yeah. Anywho. Um, as we let off the top of the show, if you've reached this point and you want to tell someone about it, please do tell them everything good, everything bad. Tell them to listen. Um, I mean, I, I we're the 137 podcasts out there and there's only one that's as best mediocre. Like we are, right? Exactly. Best mediocre, longest running. Yeah. Best podcast. The, uh, other- Oh, totally. I mean, huge in China. Used to be in Angola. We're striving to get back on the top of the uh, Angolan charts. Yeah, uh, where I like are that you, Angolan listeners at? Yeah, I like. I like. So this is this the in the Canucks podcast sort of meta. There are some rules, and so like us and trust the process as part of our podcast wars. We'll always go back and forth about the different markets that we trend in. Like mm-hmm. that is. That is our thing. So I really appreciated how when Clay w- was talking about he and Parker having good numbers in Hong Kong, you made sure to put him back into his place to know rightly so who's number one in, in Angola. Mm-hmm. So it used to be us. It used to be us. Like we want to be number one in Angola again. Yeah. Uh, you can drop us reviews. Obviously Apple podcast is probably the best place to go. Um, there are other podcast apps out there and, uh, uh, providers that you can review and rate, but another place that allows for that is podchaser.com slash C4 podcast. 
the cool thing about Podchaser is one, it's it's a much more sort of a global aggregator. Um, you can review individual episodes. Yeah. So if there was a particular guest that you wanted to comment on, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, I like this guest five stars necessarily, but you could say, yeah, I really enjoyed what they had to say. You know, we try to get different voices on our show, but if there are voices you want to have us have more frequently and have them back, let us know yeah. because that tells us, let's get this person more involved if they're willing to, to join us, obviously. Um, but, uh, the other thing with Podchaser is when you share that review with us, not only will we read it verbatim more, as Anna will tell you, uh, try to say it in whatever accent mm-hmm. that you so wish us to fake it in. Um, it allows us to much more easily share it on social because Podchaser makes that so much easier to do. We want to go and brag that you love us and or hate us. And, uh, it's just, you know, us, you know, showing our thanks in a very small way. Yeah. Uh, where's the conversation at these days, Anna? If I wanted to just, you know, chat hockey or food or why instant coffee should not be a thing. Yeah, which is a valid point to make. Um, that'll be on Discord, Chris, which is discord.io slash C4 podcast. That's how you join in. We have many different channels, one of which is called hashtag nom, which is where you can share your terrible coffee takes. Um I can't like believe that. Axel shared that picture. Like the thing is, is he ha- there's like mass produced Tetley orange Pico. And then there's like, was it Nabob instant coffee? Um, and like, I'm like, how the heck can you have that type of coffee in your home? Like, na- like the, the Tetley orange Pico. Okay. I fine. It's mass produced, it's easy, whatever, but my goodness, instant coffee. And then there's people People in our Discord who are like, instant coffee's coffee. I don't care where my caffeine comes from. So I from. will say that like instant coffee in the UK is way better because it's way more of a thing. And there's about 20 to 30 different kinds you can get. But I've never drank instant coffee here that's even halfway drinkable. Well, because it's not. Yeah. Like when I, back in the day, when I worked at the, the graveyard shift at the gas station and had to make coffee, that coffee, which arguably could be put into your gas tank in a pinch and allow your car to run, maybe rough, but still mm-hmm. run, hey. is better than the instant coffee you get here. I was going to say, like, don't even joke about that these days. <laughs> that might be some people's options. Yeah, true. With the price of gas as it is, can't fill up uh, the tank, but I can go and get a, you know, four liters of, of coffee and, and make it work. But yeah, that's far more than coffee takes. Um, Gate 16 is where we talk like normal hockey um we have off topic as well where we chat occasionally in pike place yeah occasionally in pike place that's been a little quiet so if you're a kraken fan and a canucks fan or just a kraken fan and want to troll like jump in discord throw some fish in pike place Mm -hmm. as one does when they go down there exactly yeah uh, but uh, we'll be back again next week. Um, just looking ahead, depending on how the Vancouver Canucks perform over the coming weeks and into the month of May, um, as we are apt to do into the off season, whenever it may occur, right. you may start to see us transition from weekly into biweekly. It's not happening anytime soon. We'll give you fair notice when it does, but we're getting that point. Um, if you're looking at the calendar, the month of August might be an interesting month to potentially have some availability in. I know it's a big month and you curious as to when just saying, not saying, just saying things might be happening. And, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, things, thing, things, things, something like that. And then, uh, yeah. Um, 
We'll continue to provide the best Meteor Canucks podcast content you can get this side of the Fraser River, which interestingly is on both sides, considering <laughs> Anna's on one and I'm on the other. Exactly. It was kind of weird when I was in Richmond because I was on both sides of the Fraser River there. Because you lived in the river. Well, no, yeah, essentially, because the Fraser splits up into three arms and I happen to live between two of them. The Fraser River I Delta. See. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's just blowing your mind. Yeah, that's too much for me. I only leave the uh, city once every couple months. Yeah, and then uh, find your way back. But uh, if you're looking to subscribe, uh, please do so. You can find us in every podcast application. You can follow along at c4podcast.com. And we are on Twitter at the C4 Podcast, as well as Facebook, facebook.com. So on behalf of Anna Forsyth, the 46603, myself, Chris, at Lightforce, signing off this episode with the magical words of We Out.